I guess you need to see it. Apparently. I, don't, I don't know if you have to see it. Oh, yeah, I don't it, think it matters. Oh, well. Boom, that was too loud. Sorry, Justin, if that hurts your ears. Welcome to the show. We don't know what it's called still. <laughs> Yeah, I actually think that's I think that's the name. It's, it's been a part year of the fun. <laughs> it's part of the fun of it. Is like it, it, as if I mean our intros wouldn't be smooth anyways. No, I love like, leading. It would be so intros. much more smooth if we had like a name. We were like, "Hey, welcome to the." But instead, we spend every first two minutes of the episode doing this, trying to yeah, shake it off. Yeah, shake yeah, it off. Welcome to the well, Tim and even Lenny. working together forever. <laughs> it's like the even still today, like this Sunday morning thing. Like it's the beginning when I. It's so awkward. It's like I guess maybe it's just my thing. I don't oh, even the, know. yeah. The intro. Who knows? Welcome to. I just own it at this point. Season four, episode sixteen. We've been doing this for a year now, and I did not think we could make it. And I'm having a lot of fun. Um, So I hope you are too, as listeners. We're reading through a book uh, called Screw Tape Letters, The Screw Tape Letters, written by a man named C.S. Lewis. I actually named, tried to name my son after Clive Staples Lewis. Uh huh. So when my wife figured out that I wanted to name my son Clive. Then I went to my second favorite character of all time, Calvin from mm-hmm. Calvin and Hobbes and mm-hmm. uh, Bill Watterson. Um, so was my second favorite author of all time. So, you know, I got We named best. our dog Artax, which is uh, named from the horse in the never ending story. Uh-huh. So we got that name. <laughs> yeah, but it's a dog, not yeah. a child. So. It's a, yeah, it's a better story than, you know, Ruby was uh, Aaron's grandma's name. So Oh, that's great. That's just very I sweet. Know that. Artax, mm-hmm. speaking of just pulling from like pop culture, yeah. that's the name of the horse Never in the never ending story. Love it. Anyway, so we're reading this book, uh, Screw Tape Letters, written by C.S. Lewis in the 1940s, and we're finding a lot of similarities um, today in 2021. Oh, man, um, so many. Both just personal, especially last week in chapter 15. Go, It's like 50 minutes long, one of our longer ones, but it, it unpacked so much stuff. <laughs> It was a lot. I mean, I was like... It was really good, though. I really enjoyed that time. That felt pretty pinnacle. Like, it was like a lot of this has been building. So I'm curious to see where he goes from here. Yep. And so uh, this is chapter 16, episode 16. And uh, you started off the last one, so I'll start this this one. one. All right. My dear Wormwood. Oh, and just for context, uh, if you just are jumping in and reading this book, these are demons talking to one another, and it is not true by any means. It's uh, not even an allegory. It's just a fiction story. Um, C.S. If. Lewis, though, I think is drawing some deep spiritual and philosophical human um, kind of lifting the veil into some of these like metaphysical ideas that are nowhere really super solid in scripture. But you you and I just kind of talked through and like, dude, that's practical. Anyway, so it's, really it's fun, just so. that like if demons were to be tempters and they were to be communicating with one another, how would they what, what, what kind of stuff like? would they talk about? Right. What kind of advice would they give each other to try and trip up their patients, yeah. patients, which are the ones who they're trying to pull away from their enemy, which is God. So it's pretty cool. So my dear Wormwood, my dear Wormwood, you mentioned casually in your last letter that the patient has continued to attend one church and one only since he was converted and that he is not wholly pleased with it. May I ask you what, uh, I'm sorry, may I ask what you're about? Why have I no report on the causes of his fidelity to the parish church? Do you realize that unless it is due to indifference, it is a very bad thing? Surely you know that if a man can't be cured of church going, 
The next best thing is to send him all over the neighborhood looking for the church that, quote, suits him until he becomes a taster or connoisseur of churches. Oh, man. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, especially in our, like, like people who've been going to church a long time was like, anyways, okay. I knew a lady that had a chart on her wall of all the churches and, like, good oh, and really? bad things. Yeah. <sighs> I saw this post today. It's funny. I'm rarely on social media, but there was, like, I did it today. So I went on social media. And there was a, somebody posted something. It's Levi the Poet, actually. Okay. So shout out, Levi. That's fair. Um, and he, yeah, exactly. And he, it was like a screenshot of a coffee shop that said, come try the world's worst coffee according to, or horrible t- cup of coffee according to that one random Yelp user. Nice. Yeah. And I, he's like, I'd go try that coffee. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, imagine if that was my church slogan. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> come try this church. This one random person on Yelp says a horrible church. Like, you're going go to need a bigger church. sign. Yeah. <laughs> Big giant one. Uh, right anyways, because it is that bad. But okay, the reasons are obvious. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Uh, only because of me, not because of everybody else here is awesome. Uh, in the first place, uh, I don't know this word. Par- what is this word, dude? It's uh, parochial. 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 Oh. In the first of place. Of relating to a church parish. Okay. So the the church parish. Okay. So the Group. church parish organization should always be attacked because being a unity of place and not of likings, it brings people of different classes and psychology together in the kind of unity the enemy desires. So basically what he's saying is like, this is the one place people from all sorts of backgrounds, cultures, other past lives all come under one roof into the same place. And the enemy loves that. Mm -hmm. God loves that. The diversity in the church. But Satan, like, he's like, don't bring them in. And that's because it's the unity of place and not Mm. of likings. It's, it's place, not preference. Yeah. That's powerful. And it's a powerful, you know, and so the congregational principle on the other hand makes each church into a kind of club. And finally, if it all goes well into a creote or faction, I don't know what that word... Coterie? Coterie. A small group of people with shared interests or tastes, especially one that's exclusive of other people. Oh, oh okay. So I'm like in a coterie of like IPA drinkers. Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay, I got it. So, and I'm not a big fan of IPA. See. So You're not in the I club. like the I'm Belgian blondes that are like unfiltered, that are ice cold. Oh. So I know I'm one of those weirdos. Tiny, so just... hoppy, bitter, citrusy. Send um, it. Yeah. I got to try some of yours. Anyway, okay, so in the second place, the search for a suitable church makes the man a critic where the enemy wants him to be a pupil. So it puts that person in charge because they, okay, that's good. Mm. What he wants of the layman in church is an attitude which may indeed be critical in the sense of rejecting what is false or unhelpful, but which is wholly uncritical in the sense that it does not appraise, does not waste time in thinking about what it rejects, but lays itself open in un commenting, humble receptivity to any nourishment that is going. See how groveling, how unspiritual, how irredeemably vulgar he is. Oh, that's funny. So he's actually talking about God there. See how groveling, how unspiritual, how irredeemably vulgar he is. Basically, in the position where he's hoping that the enemy... The the demons are hoping that when they go to a church, they're going with these eyes, like they're wearing lenses of judgment. And just being critical. And being critical of all the whole experience, i.e. music's too loud or whatever it's going to be, instead of just being in a position just to soak up whatever it may be and that there's lessons to be learned in any and all of those interactions. And even if... 
in the layer of being critical in the church, because I think you you got to go to church with some kind of, like, you can't just blindly follow. And, no, yeah. and that's kind of what, there's a little bit of that addressing here. Okay. Um, an attitude which may indeed be critical in the sense of rejecting what is hel- false or unhelpful. Right. So there is like an element of being critical in the church of like identifying things that are false teachings yep. and unhelpful as the word that he, uh, that yeah. they use. Um, but which is wholly uncritical in the sense that it does not appraise, that it's not dwelling on what it rejects about that. Yeah, that's good. I like the way you worded that. That's better than the way I worded it. That's Mm. great. Um, That helped me actually understand what he was saying there better. Um, He goes on, this attitude, especially during sermons, (laughs) I love that, creates the condition most hostile to our whole policy in which platitudes can become really audible to a human soul. Ooh, I like that word. There is hardly any sermon or any book which may not be dangerous to us if it is received in this temper. So pray, bestir yourself, and send this fool the round of the neighboring churches as soon as possible. Your record up to date has not given us much satisfaction. So this this demon is not doing such a good job no. with this guy. <laughs> well, he's been at one church the whole time. Yeah. And like that kind of longevity. I I speaking, I guess, as someone who's been at one church for a very long time, you know, there is something to be said for those that like stick it out. Yeah. You know, even though it even and not to like pat myself on the back, but there is just there's there's something about Church is messy. Yeah. You're probably going to get hurt. Yeah. You're probably going to get burned at some point down the road. You're probably going to be asked more of you than you should be asked, Mm -hmm. you know, and like to still be able to hold to like a love for the church and, and a desire to see the best in it, not the worst in it. Like I'm very much a, uh, a cynic. You know, and so like it's hard for me to to see the best in things. I usually assume the worst of things, mm. and uh, it it was a journey initially. I I split to be a part of a church plant. I think largely because of the cynicism that I had built up toward the church. My experience mm. with the church first mm. Catholic and then and then just kind of like early two thousands church culture, like youth group culture, yeah. and like some of those things. Like out of that tension and angst, I I joined. A church plant. I don't know if the plant itself was out of that tension and angst. I don't think so. I think there was a little bit residual, but like that's kind of what pushed me in that direction. And it was a learning process that then went, um, is, you know, like, can I just trust that God is going to do what he's going to do with his church? Yeah. And he has who he has, where he has them, for the time he has them there. So stop being so critical and see where God is working and celebrate that and uh, be critical of the things that are important to be critical of, like heresy or different things. But for the most part, that's not what's going on. It's you didn't like the music or you didn't... Yeah, it's not preferential. Who are you to say that God didn't use the music or didn't use the sermon or didn't use this? Yeah. And as soon as we start nitpicking those things, that's where we start. And I think that's where he's getting here. Well, what's been amazing is when I took over this place here, this church, you were with me in the first mm -hmm. few days, and it was very much like old school. You know, and it's still, you know, and, but we've made a lot of changes mm-hmm. and everybody is, even people who I know, they've been very frank with me. Like, I prefer to worship X, like yep. the way I sing, but I'm, it's not about me. 
Mm. And, and that's I'm, huge. And, and so their eyes are open on the preference things, and they'll come, we have deep conversations, and it's that open, honest living in the one-on-one. And the more time you spend with people, the more you get to know them, and the more, just like just this Sunday, I had an uh, interaction with somebody who listens. Hi, I think you'll know exactly. I won't go super personal. But um, I said, hey, how you doing? I put myself in a position where I looked at them directly, and it was on purpose to go, I'm going to put myself in a position so you have an opportunity to be as honest as you want to, mm. to be able to bear your burdens, because I knew they're going through a lot of stuff. And so I sat down and said, how are you doing today? I'm good. I was quiet. And I didn't do like a look or anything, just quiet. And then their response was, we practice honesty here, don't we? And I said, yep. Okay. It's not good actually. And here's what's going on. And in tears, I was able to pray and just listen and not offer advice, but Mm. know how to go, okay, let me, let me, and this week I've been able to be with them. The word that Paul used in spirit, you know, Mm -hmm. and just be praying for them and learn to, talking about last week, be present with them in the pain in that moment Mm -hmm. and going, hey, remember this pain. You're going to want to escape it. Don't spend this next week carrying this burden. This isn't going to be easy. It's going to be hard, but it's in this place that God will meet you and you'll find that joy. Mm. And you can't can't do that when you're hopping church to church and you're not allowed and your eyes are very critical and you're not mm-hmm. going to be, in a, but that I think in a lot of ways is why the longevity is important where you get to know people and you get to yeah. then see that growth happen. And there's the honesty and there's that one-on-one and then there's the group dynamic and things that you need to step on one another's toes to learn how to forgive and have that practice and afford, like Jesus says, like learn how to love one another and the world will know that you love me by your love for one another. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it's so important that we love learn to practice forgiveness with those inside the church. This is a, this place is the place we practice. Yeah. So then we, I was literally just talking to somebody about this, about politics in the church. And I, and I, he goes, man, it's so hard to sometimes talk to Christians about politics in the church. And I said, yeah, but it's even harder to talk Christians talking politics with non-Christians outside the church. And I said, if we can't deal with like different ideals here within the church where there's love and grace and, and like, grace, yeah, and that's what we're to practice with yeah. one another. Like this is the place that if you're more liberal and they're more conservative or vice versa, like let's have the conversations here, here. Mm-hmm. so that we can really work to hone to go, okay, what actually does the gospel say here? What is God's vision? What are his eyes in yeah. this? situation, not fears or politics or you know all those other things. Anyway, so... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he goes on here. So oh. the two churches nearest to him, I've looked up in the office. So they have like... <laughs> <laughs> I imagine like a Rolodex or like a file cabinet and they pull out the... What I imagine almost like the FBI and they have like the faces and like the connections of which churches are good and which ones aren't. Like according to them, like the good ones that we send people to and then there's no spiritual growth or honesty and the gospels and preached. And like over here is like the pastor that always talks about money and people will run away or like what, or this is the really cool church that never really goes deep, but like it's whatever. I have no idea who cares. Like <laughs> I just made so many horrible judgments by listing. Anyway, well, I mean, so they have an office, yeah, right? They're all there. Both yep. have certain claims at the first of these, the Viker, Vicar, it's uh that's, I guess like a pastor is man who has been so long engaged in watering down the faith. Okay, here we go. <laughs> watering down the faith to make it easier for supposedly incredulous and hard headed congregation. That is now he who shocks his parishioners with his unbelief. Whoa, oh, wow. not vice versa. He's watered it down so much that he himself, that he is preaching so much unbelief that the parishioners are like, this guy doesn't even believe any of this. That's oh. insane. He has, well, it happens. Yeah. How many pastors have you looked at today, even recently, are just like, ah, I'm done with Christianity and walking mm. away from the faith? And it goes on. Um, uh, he has an undermined, he has undermined many a soul's Christianity. His conduct of the services is also admirable. 
<laughs> in order to spare the laity all difficulties, he has deserted both lectury and the appointed psalms, and now, without noticing it, revolves endlessly around the little treadmill of his 15 favorite psalms and 20 favorite lessons. Mm-hmm. Maybe see, he just kind of wrote in his way he presents things to keep things easy for people. Yeah, and if this is like a Catholic congregation... Um, yeah, yeah, or a more liturgical. Which is what he's going to be talking about. In the 1940s, it's going to be more um, You have a lot of the, like, there is a structure to, and yeah. actually the structure of Mass is beautiful. The mm. the way that it's thought out, the way that it starts, the way that it progresses, that then you come, you culminate with the gospel and communion, and then there's a benediction and you're sent out to mm. go and live that out in the world. And yeah. it's become rote and routine so mm-hmm. much that... Like you just kind of you go through the motions, but each thing is is purposed and specific and builds. Yeah. The liturgy is beautiful. It's mm. a beautiful thing, um, but that gets so lost. So as I'm as I'm hearing this, I'm getting pulled back, you know, to remembering like the times when there was, you know, a psalm and then a reading and then a response and like. It's so it's so well crafted, and he's talking about like to get rid of all those difficulties. He just he just has his his fifteen favorite psalms and his twenty favorite lessons, he's and that's taking all they his get. paycheck. Yeah, you know when I read this, I look at my own like I'm looking in a mirror. It's easy to do what's comfortable. What is not easy is to dig into the pain, search scriptures for the response, my gospel response, and these things to live very honestly, mm-hmm. and to be okay with maybe failing. You know, like to try something new to kind of work through these things, and and I. I think that, well, I'm going to keep going. So we are thus safe from the danger that any truth not already familiar, which makes me feel bad for this pastor because he doesn't get to experience the mercies and grace, like the opportunity to run to God, like he's missing out on as a person. I think what's interesting (laughs) is that it initially started. Good. It started with a desire to reach people. Yeah. And because of that, he's, um, he's engaged in watering down the faith to make it easier. Yeah. For the incredulous and hard-headed congregation. Right. So instead and of so doing the work of pastoring to go to individuals, go, you know what? Let's have this conversation. Well, he felt like that was the work of the pastor, right. was to make this easier for oh, my congregation. Oh, that's... <laughs> out of an effort, because he loves his congregation, out of an loves. effort to make it easier... Yes, 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 yes. Out yes, of yes. an effort to make it easier, he's now kind of watered down yeah. and... and yeah has walked I think about the people that have that do not hold on to the hard truths. Yeah. And because they have not held on to hard truths, they have let go of of soft truths. I don't know what you would call them, but like of core truths. People who have dismissed core truths because they can't reconcile the hard truths. Mm, that's good. Cool. And uh it, always out of a desire to reach people that they are fearful of the hard truths. Mm. You know, instead of like if the truth is God's love for us is so deep so and wide. so powerful and and that God does the work in awakening and calling people to himself, yeah. then not that we not that we speak our truth in a harsh way, but we speak to the things that are true because in the truth we find grace as well. Mm. In the truth of, you know, the the sweetness of grace that my sin's been forgiven is only sweet because I know the sin 
that has been forgiven. And the bitter pill that was swallowed by yes, God. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that we, when we dismiss the one, yeah. the other loses its power. Oh, we thus, we are thus safe from the danger that any truth not already familiar to him and to his flock should ever reach them through scripture. But perhaps your patient is not quite silly enough for this church or not yet. Um, at the other church, we have Friar Spike. That's a cool name. That's a sweet name. <laughs> I, now I, I want a metal band called yeah. Friar Spike. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's my next Side dog's note. name, Friar Spike. <laughs> this could just be the podcast name. <laughs> Welcome to Friar Spike. Yeah, where we spike things. All right, we're going to forget about spike that it. one. Spike it! <laughs> the humans are often puzzled to understand the range of his options. Why he is... Opinions, thank you. Humans are often puzzled to understand the rage of his opinions. Oh, Friar Spike, got it. Why he is one day almost a communist and the next not far from some kind of theoractic fascism, whatever. One day a scholastic and the next prepared to deny human reason altogether. One day immersed in politics and the other day declaring that all states of this world are equally under judgment, quote, end quote. We, of course, see the connecting link, which is hatred. Ooh, I was going to say wow. insecurity. Like he's wow, just insecure. Just jumped. Well, maybe he just hates himself. Okay, here we mm. keep going here. The man cannot bring himself to preach anything which is not calculated to shock, grieve, puzzle, or humiliate his parents and their friends. So he hates them by not preaching the truth and getting stuck. Okay, so a sermon which it, which sh- such people could accept would be to him as insepid ins- 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 as a poem which they could scan. There is also a promising streak of dishonesty in him, which I'm sorry. We are. Uh, there is also a promising streak of dishonesty in him. We are teaching him to say, "quote The teaching of the church is," when he really means. I'm almost sure I read recently in Martin or someone of the sort, <laughs> but I must warn you that he has one fatal defect: he really believes. And this may yet mar all. Oh, that's so, interesting. So he is, the motivation's wrong. His motivation is to get up and to preach sermons that are going to shock, grieve, puzzle, or humiliate his parents and their friends. Mm. It's like malicious. Like like the, the sermons, and I was always careful about this when I taught, to never to never craft sermons to, to address a single student or a single issue okay. that singles out a student. Okay. I've watched people leave the church over sermons that were preached about them. Okay. And they all but said their name. So the man cannot bring himself to preach anything which is not calculated to shock, grieve, puzzle, or humiliate his parents and other friends. So the only thing that he preaches is stuff that is going to, that he has calculated because he cannot bring himself to preach anything which is not. So that double not, that double negative means that. All that he does, every Sunday sermon, is is built around uh, the objective of shocking, grieving, puzzling, or humiliating his parents and friends. Interesting. And because of that, he is there's a there's he's just jumping around. A sermon which such people could accept would be boring. Um, so he's just he's trying to just shock factor. I'm going to jump back and forth and no consistency, this and that and the other. And uh, just this idea then that he's he has this uh, teaching him the saying, the teaching of the church is, 
If I say, or anyone from the pulpit says, the teaching of the church is, you better believe that it it better be biblically mm. backed, mm. that there mm. should be a biblical foundation for that. You know what's funny? When I read this, I think back to my days when I was very insecure in my abilities, and I would just listen to a lot of preachers, and I'd go through my phases where I just basically emulated other sermons mm-hmm. and didn't really know what I was talking about. Mm. And so I didn't do the due diligence to understand, and I just basically re-preached other pastors. I'm mm-hmm. admitting that right now, but I think pastors are honest. A lot of them did that, but because mm-hmm. I wanted to be so bad like those pastors, I thought I really believed it, and it caused this what felt like pendulum swing. Yeah. And so when I would communicate and talk, it'd be kind of shocking. It'd be kind of like, oh, because I'm just going to say what they say. But I didn't understand the depth, and I didn't live through the pain. I didn't live through the work, the emotional work, the spiritual work to really understand what it was that they were saying. I just mm-hmm. was like, oh, that was fun. That was cool. I'll say it. Because I didn't know who I was in the Lord. There was a lot of insecurity mm-hmm. in my own life. That's it's, like in the name of of Peter who preaches the name of Jesus, we cast you out. Like the, yes, the, 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 the seven, seven sons, sons of Skivia yeah. or whatever. And in some ways it's just because, again, I think, and I'm reading this, This is I'm maybe reading myself into this, which is uh-huh. okay at times in books. Um, and so when I read this, there's this thing where like deep in my soul I believe, but I just didn't know how to communicate that belief. And I think that's the, are you getting to this part right here? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I jumped right in. It's good. But that's the one fatal defect that he really believes. Yeah. And it's in that place that I know that was deep in my soul that has led me to a place where um, I'll read a lot of like I'll read like a lot of things. When I sit, it's 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 a movement that's happening within my own heart and my mind and my soul. And if it's not there, I don't like I don't talk about it. If I show mm. up and there's been times you've been there where I'm like I don't know what to say. I just need to pray. Yeah. Like I don't you just stop. I don't pre. Yeah. I I and it's not that I don't look and see what other people are working through or whatever, but I don't literally just copy other people. Like I'm not trying to be anybody like else except for who yeah. I want God to work within, trusting God's word to work in my soul and whatever it is in that place as we're working through it. And because it was rooted in and now rooted in belief and trusting God to work in my heart. So a step further from that would be to look back at the teachings that you like cringe at. Yeah, totally. But you taught them under full conviction of like what I thought was true. And, so I remember preaching a sermon. The, literally, that fatal defect. Yeah, is that you really believed in it? Your spirit was willing, even yeah. though your flesh was weak, yeah. and that God's grace Thank covered God. it. And my prayer yeah. is right now for those of you, if you're listening and you were there, even when I was a youth pastor, I still remember there was certain a sermon, particularly that I preached. Um, that was like jarring and it, I'm not even going to repeat it. It was so bad. And it was one, I literally just regurgitated another sermon from Mark Driscoll. I wanted to be him so bad. Yeah. Um, and it was, I did not understand it. It was this, it was this shock and grieving. It was puzzling. It wasn't calculated. Like it was like, and, um, I didn't understand it Mm -hmm. and it caused a riff in a lot of hearts and minds Mm. and it breaks. And I grieve today that the hope of the gospel and the truth in, and I did in that time of ignorance. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know, and I do know now. And I got. Th- I'm praying through how to go and rec- be reconciled in those situations. And I'm mm. slowly doing that in whatever it's going to be because I'm not sure. But my prayer is ultimately I trust the Holy Spirit to redeem. That even in my mistakes, God will bring about something way better. Because ultimately, I can't not keep anybody from hell. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, but you, and, yeah. But I could sure distract and be like one of these enemies that get them pissed off to go run around to other churches and yeah. may not get what they needed. You know, and so I go, Lord, please, my prayer is God, I ha- I'll take upon whatever judgment that they are supposed to get or possibly could get, could give to me. Mm. That's what Paul would pray. Mm. And that's a hard prayer to pray, like, because I want freedom that they can experience in Christ. And mm. that's what my hope and my prayer is. So I'm, I, I, I will see what goes on. So can I, can I yeah, keep please. reading? Okay. Um, uh, but there's one good point with both, uh, with which both these churches have in common. They're both party churches. I want to be a party church. I like that. I think I warned you before that if your patient can't keep, be kept out of the church, he ought to at least be violently attached to some party within it. Oh, that's what they mean by party. <laughs> I'm thinking like go party and have party fun. Church. I ought to be known as like the party church in my community because we throw party parties, church. like yeah. concerts and have fun, good food and all the kind no, of stuff. This but they're is, talking about this like... This is join like, the, fa- the flower committee and fight... <laughs> Every week over what flowers are on stage. Yes, and I bet you he's talking about parties too, with like in parties and politics and those kinds of things. So mm. let's see. I don't mean oh, here he's going to explain. It. I don't mean really doctrinal issues about those. The more lukewarm he is, the better. Okay, and it isn't the doctrines on which we chiefly depend for producing malice. The real fun is working up hatred between those who say mass and those who say Holy Communion, which is what you're talking about, the Mm -hmm. parties, okay? When neither party could possibly state the difference between, say, Hooker's Doctrine and Thomas Aquinas in any form which would hold water for five minutes. (laughs) So they don't really There's no actual theological depth. It's just a preference, and it's something... Fight over the preferences. And all the purely indifferent things, candles and claws and what are not... Are, are an admirable ground for all our activities. So f- keep people fighting in the preferences. That's what they're mm-hmm. saying. We have quite removed from men's minds what that persistent fellow Paul used to teach about food and other unessentials, namely that the human without sculptures should always give in the human with sculptors. What is that Scruples. word? Scruples. Like, so if I'm like scrupulous about something, uh, okay. right? And so that's... Uh, drinking, and you know, I think Got I it. already alluded to how I like IPAs. Yes, but like Paul's teaching, I think this is largely drawing on Romans fourteen, right? Is that in the unessentials, the person that's unbothered by things? Yeah. So I'm not bothered by drinking. Yeah. But I should always give in to the person who is bothered by it. Yeah. Okay. And I just try not to surround myself with people who are bothered by it, or. I, <laughs> Or, you know, I kind of pick because I'm not bothered by it. But if you're bothered by it and it bothers you, I won't do it around you. I won't talk about it. I won't. But you know what? Like, so let those who have experienced the freedom not use their freedom to cause other people to to stumble. And because of that, withhold the freedom that they are justified in having so that... I think Paul calls them the weaker or whatever. But like... He talks about Corinthians as well. Yeah, that's right. Um that they can then have a space to grow yeah. in their own thing. Yeah, that's good. And you would expect to find the low churchman genuine reflecting and crossing himself. I, I don't know, genuine reflecting. what is that? So that's when you're going into a pew. Okay. Like as I, if I'm walking into Mass in the Catholic Church, I don't know if you do this in other churches, but I grew up Catholic, so this is my context, right? And like there are some people that when they go to sit down in the pew, as you're walking up to to where you're going to sit, before you enter the pew, you kneel down on one knee and you do the sign of the cross. And it's, oh. a, it's, a, it's a sign of reverence. It's okay. a sign of... And so what he's saying is you might expect to find the low churchman, the person who's like, 
you know, think about the Jesus's um, when he's talking about the uh, the Pharisee and the sinner. And one beats his breast and says, Lord, have mercy on me, a mm, sinner. Mm, yeah. And the other one says, God, thank you that I'm not like this man. <sighs> you know what I mean? And so that's kind of the idea of like, you would expect one churchman genuflecting and crossing himself, uh, lest the weak conscience of his high brother should be moved to irreverence. So uh, maybe the idea that I'm going to genuflect so that everyone knows that we're reverent right now. Uh, because otherwise... You might not know that this is something that we're, I'm taking Spiritual. seriously, Got or it. you might not take seriously. Okay. And the high one refrains from it so that he doesn't betray his low brother into idolatry, into like the, idol- the idolatry of doing the motion itself, you know, kind of like placing that in the place of like the religious system. So yeah. I'm not going to do it so that you don't fall into temptation of okay. doing something religious okay. versus someone going, I'm going to do it so that you know that we need to be reverent. And Got so it. it's two different things that are taking place. Um, and so it would have been, but for our ceaseless labor, without that, the variety of usage within the Church of England might have become a positive hotbed of charity and humility. So this whole action, this whole preferential action of like for this genuflecting, um, it's a positive action between those who would do it and who would not do it. Instead has been turned around on itself to create hostility and a sense of like looking down or looking up at people. Um, So pitting, pitting preferences Pitting people's preferences uh, against each other so that there's fighting within the church, right. I, essentially. Yep. No, man. But, and I mean, how often have we been a part of that? Oh, when I say we, I mean, I have. Yeah, totally. Right? Same. You and know. It, it's just good, like, realizing it. Like, sometimes you don't see it in the middle of it, but the practice will be catching yourself when you're in the middle of it and just stopping, mm. you know, and going, okay, let me stop because it is preferential. Like, it isn't, you know, what, and do, do we practice walking in love and forgiveness and grace? Because mm. that is what's more attractive. Like, people who aren't Christians yeah. come in, they see these Christians fighting over the, what feels like literally religious things that. It's are so dumb. Religious. The things that church churches split over or that fighting takes place in, or yeah. the things that make a church ineffective. It's. The well, amount of things that make a church ineffective. This is funny, but like, you know, like when we were doing communion, it was always different almost every month. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but I did that on purpose because when people get used to doing it one way mm-hmm. every single time, and the reality is, is like it's it in and of itself, communion is it's it's the meaning and why it's the behind it, and yeah. so being able to practice it's not just it in different the act ways, of but yeah, it's and like... being able to and it's not just the way you do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, some churches are like this sacrament is so important, and only I mean, I literally I couldn't do it one time in a church because I wasn't a member of their church and I wasn't baptized with them, mm. and so it was withheld to me, and I thought, man, that breaks my heart. And then in other places I've done it where it literally is almost meaningless where it's this like it's within the context of like two seconds and you're like, wait, what just happened? Yeah. Basically, there's no conversation about it. And so I feel like there's a way to go, okay, you do it on our own. We can do it collectively. Sometimes it's available. Sometimes it's not like, and so the process of like, sometimes I hand it out to people. Sometimes I don't, and they get it themselves. Uh, for me, that dynamic of keeping it different, I know it's really weird, but I, I don't know. I just like throwing it out there just to go, look, this sometimes we just reverse the service just because we just do things yeah. just to go. We need to sometimes be uncomfortable. Well, and you don't do it for the sake of upsetting people, no. but the fact that people are upset about it reveals how much <laughs> how much 
stock or how much importance we yeah. put on things that aren't really yeah. important was the gospel preached. That's it. That's Did you matters. have the opportunity yeah. to reflect on what Jesus' body yeah. and blood, yeah. like the covering and, and the redemption of yeah. sins and those things through those things? Yeah. Or are you just really upset? Because it wasn't done the way you wanted to. Because it wasn't in the same corner as it was yep. As yeah. it's always been. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's like, I, you know, I think we need to remember, we don't go out of our way to do things just to upset people. No, but it's putting into practice the ability to be flexible. But if you're in the church, and if you've been in the church long and have expectations for the church, when those expectations are not met, and I've seen people just fly off the handle. Totally, I have to. And just be very, very... Like how could you be? How could you? How could you even claim to care about something like the church if you're not going to treat another human individual the way that God wants you to treat them so, over something that you? That, uh, I don't even know. So, I, don't, so I, don't I, 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 I have to tell a story, and then we'll end. Yeah. And this guy will never watch this, so it's fine. But he actually goes to our church. You'll know exactly who it is after I talk about it a little bit. But Sorry. he, um, <laughs> he was so upset with me because I, I have my personal cell phone. We don't have a work phone number here, so I just mm-hmm. email everything. Every few people, handful of people, have my cell phone number, so it's my personal cell. And Calvin and I were doing something, and he changed my voicemail. And it's like 40 seconds long. It's really cute. Calvin's like, this is the FBI, Santa Claus. I don't even know what it says. It's just, uh, just Calvin being Calvin. It's just Calvin yeah. and me going back and forth. And and he like sent me this big, long text about how unprofessional it was, how ridiculous I would have that kind of a message on for a, a professional phone, blah, 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 blah. Like mm. he went on this big thing. And my text was, and I didn't respond right away. And then I responded something like, um, I just said, um, welcome to my family. Yeah, that was it. Just left it at that. And then the next day, I got another call from somebody else, and he's and another another somebody else. Oh, I like I left a message. That's the sweetest thing I ever heard. I feel like I'm a part of your family. I love this. Like so, the, like the context of yeah. preferences of the different people. But that that guy who was upset with me then came up to me on a Sunday right before service in my face with his finger in my face, saying, "Are you going to change that message machine? Are you going to change that? It's so unprofessional." And I just smiled. I was like, "Nope." Like I, I, the fact you're upset about this, like, it's like is that going to stop you from hearing the gospel? Though, then am I the? And I had to then look in the mirror and go, wait, am I just being a jerk? I don't think I'm being. No, a jerk. I don't think so. I think you're, I, you know, and, and I just have to be okay with him being upset, and hopefully the mirror of the gospel will go, hey, like it's it's. That's your preference? That kind of stuff boils it's... my blood, dude. I free, I, I'm telling you. <laughs> the contrarian in you is just like, what is going well, on? Well, I mean, <laughs> just the irony of like, of oh. like, you're yelling at a pastor for being unprofessional. <laughs> like the irony of you chewing out a pastor for being unprofessional is the most it's, unprofessional. Like uh, Sunday before you give a sermon or like... Literally. It's like, it was like you it's have, Easter Sunday too, dude. Do you, have, like do you have... <laughs> Any awareness of people or anything around, like, and I'm not just talking about this individual who I'm certain because uh, he also spoke with me about not wearing sunglasses when I teach, but... Um, <laughs> three, three times. Dude. He said <laughs> I, but, like, are you, like, do you ever just come across people and you're like, and God calls us to love all of them, and, yep. I, and Amen. I, I do what I and can. By loving, I say no. By loving, I say, you know what, this is this is, this is the way it's going to be. And that's... It, but like, how if much, I didn't give them an how, answer, that's unloving. You ever just come across people in your life and you're like, how is your head that far up your ass? 
I look in the mirror and I go, what? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I can't see my well, head. That too. There's my butt. Like, there's there's probably me too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's probably very honest, much. We gotta like, look in the mirror. <laughs> I'm sure there are tons of things about yes. me as well. <laughs> yes. That like that those are there. <laughs> yes. But like, if we can't be honest about that. We're can, in trouble. Like. But there are, I mean, there are just some people that are yeah. so out of touch with the way that they talk and treat. Yes, and like, yes, yes. And, yes. But then, like, the what gets me is the irony of like, and it's out of a desire to see the church grow. And yes, yet, that's you know, what that is. and yet yeah. you're gonna and the, the, present yourself this way at the church. Yeah, like you're yeah. the exception. Well, in my hope, my prayers, I believe the best. Whatever those situations are, specifically about the church, and this is the conversation with. Tons of other things, whatever it is. And it's not just as one individual. I have these conversations no, 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 yeah. all the time They're with people. They're all over, yeah. But their motivation is it's coming from a place of, I believe the best. I'm trying to believe the best. But if there's consistent like problems, like, okay, I got to deal with this, right? Which I have in the past. I deal with them, yeah. volume issues, whatever it's going to be. I just confront it. And I think in love, we're to confront those things and mm-hmm. go, this is a preferential issue. In this, it is to be love. And, 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 and charity, you know, in the words of C.S. Lewis, actually, yeah. you know. And so if we have an issue where you're going to w- wag your finger in my face, let's make sure it's about the gospel. Right. You know, and but at the same time, he's wanting to protect what he believes or they believe is whatever the other situations have been. And so many times is what they and how it's presented to the gospel. And and so I have to take it all in. Right. I and assess like, it. The best I of think about it. I yeah. pray about it. And I go, OK, Lord. Give me wisdom. Give me discernment. I'm going to pray for this person. I'm going to think about it in my own life. I genuinely take every single piece of now I'm at a point in my life where I'm, I'm practicing trying to kill. I'm going to say this out loud. It's like the person who prays for patience. Like I'm practicing to kill my ego as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. So it's in places where they're confronting me with these types of things. I go, and I thought about it for a while. Like, okay, is it? Let me think about that. Let me process that. And then, no, I, I, my instinct, my, my feelings, what I think to be true, I work through all of those things. Mm-hmm. No, they're wrong. It's okay. And then, then when I get the call the next day from somebody else who's very sweet and I trust this person highly and they're like, I love that you know, it's like, yeah, you're confirming exactly my feelings yeah. on this. I'm fine. So that when they come back the second or third time about the same issue, I can just be confident and go, okay, that's your opinion. I'm going to love you through that. It's not that deep. And it's it's yeah. not a big deal. It really isn't. And so anyways, I just thought uh, I'd yeah, find yeah. sure because there's those funny, types yeah. of things that can distract and derail people from the gospel. But also, just like in the story of this vicar where he's sharing these personal ideologies that are just conflicting <laughs> could cause some real conflict. Um, but my hope is underlying all of that within the church. And the biggest part of this is... I think these demons wanting to get people pissed off so they're running from church to church to church to get caught in this loop, in this cycle of just shallow faith. Yeah. and Not being confronted with truth, not being confronted with difficulty, not being confronted with stepping on other people's toes and having to work through these things, which mm-hmm. is all good stuff. It's a, it's a church culture or a church expectation of consuming. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm here to consume it. I'm here to consume it. And it needs to check off the boxes that I want it to check off. And if it doesn't, I'm going to let someone know and I'm going to stir crap up and then I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. Good. You know, if you've ever worked in retail, you've met. Well, and if, I know some people who listen to this actually don't go to church and don't experience it for this reason, this dynamic. And that breaks my heart. And in some ways, my hope is these conversations is a way to expose these spiritual ideas that we talk about, at least we do yeah. in our context. Without bashing the church. I think yeah. that's the, the hard part is like a lot of times if it's these conversations, it's because people have been so burnt by it that then they bash it. I yeah. would say if that's been your experience with the church, welcome to the club. 
find a church. And in this place, in that vein, I, I that's why I left the church like 10 years ago, wanted yeah. to go plant my own little network of churches. But in that place, my ego was so big because I thought that whatever church I was going to do would fix all these problems. But see, if the church doesn't fix the problem, it's also not the problem. Mm. The only thing that fixes the church is Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's Christ who's the only thing that saves, both mm-hmm. inside and outside the church. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in a place right now, and I loved what you just said. It's like, just go find one. Just go find one just and get plugged one. in and find good people. Yeah. And honestly, in a place that is a Christian evangelical church, whether you like hymnals or weird praise music, and there's... Like rolling whatever, on the floor. I, that's, I, I'm out. If it's about Jesus, though, yeah. and it's ultimately about Jesus, which I just had a good conversation with the neighboring church and how we can support them, and they're going to support us. We're trying to figure something out, but we are in different camps in those areas, but Christ is centered in that, mm-hmm. that if you can be confronted, you could be dealing with honest issues. If you feel like you can be in a place where, like we talked about last week, where you can talk about your issues that are going on, your frustrations, your anger, your disappointments to seek the truth, that the truth will set you free. Go fi- find that place and yeah. be in that place and stay there and see what happens when you plant your roots for a season and plant your, you know, plant yeah. it for a season because the Bible, if the Bible is preached, this, the word of God will not return void. That's the promise. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to trust God on that. So I want to encourage you, if you have questions about what church in your area, because we have people that watch this from all over the place or listen to it from all over the place, we can get, help you get plugged in um, to a community. That's our hope. People who are trying to figure this journey out, following Jesus, what this looks like. And um, we have friends all over the country that have churches that have good places that are struggling to figure this out. And by no means are even close to being perfect. But in the end, we are made perfect because of Christ. Yeah. And it's ultimately back to what we talked about, living in the present, trusting that God has the eternal. Um, but bigger than that, it's, it's all in hell about Christ. So anyways, anything else you want to say before we leave this thing? No, I think this was fun. and Cool. Uh, so you I'm get, curious to see what next week yeah, is going to be. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. may God's grace and peace be with you. And we'll see you next time.